0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Weekly Reel Podcast. My name is Jeremy. And my name is Ken. And we're here to actually finish off the season of season five with another movie. It's a bit of a modern classic called Almost Famous. And it was actually recommended to us by uh, somebody from last season. And we're here to welcome back Michael back from... Everything everywhere all at once. Michael's Woo. back. Yes. Tort-
1: tortillas deliciosas. Hello, everybody.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, Michael is joining us. Um, I mean, he's 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 a famous podcaster himself. Yes. Uh, we're we're speaking into existence, Michael. Not to yeah. <laughs> embarrass you or anything like <laughs> okay, that, but fine. just do you want to remind our, our podcast audience which uh podcasts you run?
1: yeah sure. Um, so I have two podcasts that you can find on any virtually any podcast platform of your choice. uh the first is Two Old Souls, which is kind of just a like nostalgia leaning, just pretty like anything under the nostalgia umbrella and you know just a lot of kind of personally relevant conversations around that, and then the second is a hey Arnold rewatch podcast uh called podcast One eighteen a Hey Arnold Reeducation. Which uh, we have the first season of Hey Arnold covered in banked, and we're on a bit of a hiatus right now. But you can go ahead and check all that out and uh, watch and listen along to your hearts and yours content. Yeah. So as you can see, Michael's
2: very—he's a very busy guy. Um. Yes, just like Jeremy mentioned, he was on our season four episode on Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, and during that episode. We were talking about a movie from 2000 called Almost Famous, and uh, he's actually the reason why we are talking about this movie today, right, Jeremy?
0: Yeah, for better or worse, uh uh-oh, I'm just kidding, hang on, (laughs) we're not there yet, we're not there yet. Uh, Just (laughs) kidding, Michael. Teaser for later? Yeah, we'll see. Just kidding, I I feel like I've been picking fights with all the guests this season. okay for sure just kidding gotta keep it
1: in gotta keep it interesting yeah it's like I, it's all real here though you know what i mean
0: all right yeah yeah uh to get us warmed up though let's jump into our ritual and uh let's talk about it, it is oscar season there's a bunch of movies and actors actresses nominated for the oscars surprise surprise um i want to know guys which Oscar nominee was your favorite? So it could be a movie. It could be a supporting actor, lead actor, whatever you want. It could even be, uh, what? Editing. (laughs) If you wanted to, I was actually surprised to see like Top Gun editing on there. I was like, Oh, okay. That's fun.
2: Or even (laughs) Top Gun for best picture.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I was like, Oh yeah. (laughs) So, uh, Ken, is that actually your favorite? Um, it is, but I
2: won't mention that. I mean, I mentioned it already, but that's not the one that I want to highlight. Uh, the one that I want to highlight, the Oscar nominee, I think I mentioned it on our Black Panther Wakanda Forever uh, episode. Nice. I, I think I was talking about uh, Angela Bassett, mm-hmm. and I was like, ooh, I wouldn't be surprised if she gets nominated. And I'm so mm-hmm. glad I called that shot back in November. I am so proud that Angela Bassett did get um, nominated and recognized for actress in a supporting role. She absolutely killed every scene that she was in in that movie. It and just gives killed. notoriety to some of these MCU movies that, you know, mm. will frankly just get, they've been taking a lot of shit from, like, what? Quentin yeah. Tarantino. That's true. Um, Scorsese. Scorsese. Yeah. Let's see. So yeah. Um, I'm just glad that she's getting um, that buzz for that amazing performance from that movie
1: if you, if you guys haven't already seen it i highly recommend that you look up kiki palmer's angela bassett impression it's Oof. scary good okay. <laughs> it's so it's all in the lips how you like form and enunciate yeah mm-hmm. oh specifically no, she, from like
2: she's got that yeah. look i mean she's got yeah, that stage that, presence that intense
1: oh. stare yeah, oh. yeah specific yeah specifically from uh when that mini series where she played the the matriarch of the jackson family like you might be familiar with that that was again, yes that was, that like, was in my that, yeah i remember watching on that March on H1. abc
2: i think when yeah. that originally aired, it's a
1: two it's a two-parter I, I recommend it if you're curious at all about like the legacy of the jackson family yeah. like the and all of like the you know stage parent drama with their dad with with joseph and joseph everything Johnson. like that oh. and <sighs> yeah
0: yeah she was easily like my favorite character in black panther wakanda forever Mm -hmm. definitely Mm -hmm. the most interesting considering all that happens in that movie Mm -hmm. but so do you is that your favorite? She grounds it she grounds it yeah that's true now unfortunately i guess spoilers she dies which makes it that much more of a weighty thing you know i was i was like no way she's yeah i was like if she could be the next black panther that would have been crazy too uh, but Michael, did uh, I'm guessing you're not gonna mention Top Gun
1: <laughs> as your, uh, your <laughs> oh, favorite. Dude, I've I would love to. Um, if shit, if Jackass was it, Jackass <laughs> Forever was in the running here, that would easily take it for me. <laughs> Best supporting actor, poopies from Jackass Forever. That's my that's my headcanon. <laughs> um, no, but honestly, like I could not. As much as I loved the movie last year when it first came out, I don't know. It's just surreal to me to see like all of the love, everything ever, all at once is getting Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in all of these ways. Like I saw a tweet last night. There was like, I can't believe that the guy who directed the Harry Potter farting corpse movie on the Turn Down for what video is now an Oscar (laughs) nominee for best director. I'm like, hell yeah. Um, but frankly, because she's been kind of snubbed by a lot of these other major award shows that have been happening this season. Um, I got to give it up to Stephanie Shu for yes. best supporting actress because like she, you know, she is totally, I mean, I don't know without her, she is the whole crux, emotional crux, uh, for as Joe budpaki slash joy and, and everything everywhere. Like she is the one who all like the emotional stakes come around and it is just that super relatable thing that she brings to, you know, just really portraying that, that difficulty of, being that like first generation American or like first generation kid having to navigate the, you know, all the difficult, all the complications of your relationship, uh, her relationship with her parents, you know, yeah. much in the same way that turning red does. And again, like no disrespect to like Jamie, the Curtis or anything, but I'm like, she has way less to do in that movie <laughs> than Stephanie does. <laughs> like Stephanie works her ass off, you know, and she pulls off every single look that they threw her into. And, you know, just, totally sells it just as this like kind of manic manic universe manipulating chick you know that's the thing i'm worried
2: about i'm hoping they don't like split votes you know as yeah, you know yeah. like as both come from everything everywhere all at once i'd be fine with either stephanie Shu or um angela bassett winning that yeah that um that category
0: so oof, so good you know, my favorite, actually, I'm going to give a little bit more love to Everything Everywhere all at once. i actually going to go with, like, if, well, I didn't want to mention Top Gun, because that's, you know, it's Top Gun, <laughs> but uh, I would probably go with directing for Daniel Kwan and yeah. uh, um, Daniel Scheinert for that. So, it's just because it's such a crazy movie to bring all that vision so clearly into that whole world is insane to me that you can have all that like for example if you take uh, multiverse of madness which people mm. like compare that it's like oh it's marvel's version of everything everywhere all at once um i still liked it but it's not definitely it wasn't as like it's definitely confined into the mcu world um as it is right now sometimes it feels very studio esque and it everything everywhere all at once it had the, like the heart of an indie movie but the visuals mm-hmm. of like a huge blockbuster
1: so that i think that's on what a, like on a pretty uh, with like a really small vfx department too right and like a pretty small budget compared to like all these other blockbuster films right mm-hmm. See, i it's think that's creativity. why it's the creativity yeah. it's like once yeah. you
0: have that limit it almost wants to make you push that limit i think that's what the directors did for them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: has someone on the internet already made the this joke i'm curious like did you guys come across somebody being like more like multiverse of midness or <laughs> mildness
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I had to think about it for a second i was like
1: there's probably there's probably some dude show on the internet who already who already is like yes yeah uh, you know, just dusting I, off their hands <laughs> it's like oh, i
0: did my my dirty work for the day <laughs>
2: Oh, man. but no. yeah, I mean, who no. who who else can who else can have two rocks at the center of a scene <laughs> where there's no dialogue? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> who else can pull that off? I was still oh I was like my mind was blown still during that scene. I was just like, oh my goodness, I'm just hearing his atmosphere right
0: now. yeah, that was weird. It was like a episode of SpongeBob when it turned into just rocks. It was, it was. weird. Oh, nice
1: deep cut. Yeah. I, I even I forgot about that image. Do it hard time or whatever that episode was called. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I so that's what I'm saying. It's like uh, I don't know. It's like any nostalgia
0: is kind of it's mm-hmm. a little bit sweet. So, but uh, so guys, let us know uh, what your favorite Oscar nominees are. You can actually tell us through our social media. We're actually pretty active now, right? As of, as of right now, <laughs> I should say. I mean, uh, I don't know about now. <laughs> but know, about, it's coming for sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, and Ken, TikTok's getting, uh, we're, we're posting stuff on there, right? Yeah, we're getting a little bit more active on
2: there. Um, you can uh, follow us on at Weekly Real Pod. Uh, we recently posted our top five movies of 2022 as well as, uh, as well as our top five most anticipated movies of 2023 and i mean since this is our um season five finale we are uh we're looking forward to sharing what we're actually watching during our off season and giving movie and tv show reviews uh during our our hiatus so yeah it'll just give you a chance to see more grounded content um
0: on on the TikTok. yeah for sure so you'll, you'll see us there and also if you want to keep up up to date With us, I know the season's ending, but we're not going away, uh, on social media. So if you want to like interact with us and keep up to date with all we're doing, you can actually follow us on Instagram at weekly reel. We'll post some recasts of our episodes where you can like listen to us and actually see us and, uh, actually have, you know, various reels and stuff. So kind of like similar to TikTok as well. So, uh, when we come back from our break, it will be posted there on Instagram, and uh, you'll get the full, like, updates on Instagram at Weekly Reel. So, guys, let's jump into the episode. <clears throat> spoiler warning, we are going to be talking about, what? how old is this movie now? Like, 22, 23? 20,
1: 23, I think. Yeah, I think yeah, May 2000. 2000 was its
0: yeah. u- original release date. Yeah, so, spoiler warning on Almost Famous. It came out quite a while ago, like, like I just said. And uh, go watch it. on. It's currently streaming on Showtime. I don't know if it's going to be by the time we release this episode, but it's always floating around. <laughs> go, go check out on Google, yeah. wherever it is streaming. But if you guys forgot or want a quick recap of Almost Famous, it's about William, who gets a chance of a lifetime traveling the country with a rock and roll band and writing an article for Rolling Stone in almost famous guys let's kick off talking about almost famous with the double feature and for one of the very few times we actually let (laughs) the guest actually come up with the questions for the double feature it's uh michael this time right
1: it's all happening yes it's happening it is i think this is only the
2: second time we've uh we've uh basically lent the double feature uh, at least one half of the the double feature to a uh to a guest maybe to, maybe a couple times actually when we've had double double features right
0: yeah because it's yeah. uh we had on the no way home episode right yeah yeah
2: so maybe the fourth time because we also had one for uh train to busan as well and then i mm-hmm. think one of our other episodes so yeah
0: so you it's you rare usually have but that. <laughs> yeah it's rare. you have a good memory
2: all right i'm I'm trying
1: to rival michael's memory (laughs) but uh, it's a gift and a curse not (laughs) unlike being (laughs) spider-man
0: uh so michael what do you have uh because obviously to remind our audience we don't know what you're gonna ask you don't even know Mm -hmm. what either of us are gonna ask so
1: uh what's your question for the double feature all right so this is more kind of just a kind of hypothetical situation this is this is the kind of question i would typically i would probably ask like on episode of two old souls so just as a little little teaser for those of you um, who want to know like where my brain kind of goes so okay if you if you were a if you yourself were a teenager writing for rolling stone what musical artist would you want to have followed on tour and you're talking about an actual artist yeah, like real life. Yeah, like real life. Like, Oh, man. I think Put yourself back in your 15, 16-year-old okay. shoes and who would it have been? Or even like 13 if you want to like go that crazy with it. Like, okay, I'm going to- there, there's, act- some, there's some flex room. For me, I'm going to go actually a little bit later
2: just okay, because fine. this was going yeah. on in 2000. So I would have been 19. So it's just sure. like four yeah. years Still later. Still
1: young. Still very young. Mm-hmm.
2: But during that time, it was all about Uh, it was all about hip-hop and for me it would have been that up and smoke tour um with dr dre Snoop Dogg. you had eminem um you had basically all those guys just like at the peak of their powers and uh i don't know skinny filipino kid um you know i don't know trying to rap lyrics i'm i'm horrible at rapping by the way (laughs) and and but for those few years, man, like I, I thought I was, oh, I was just spitting rhymes and stuff. Um, and I think I would have, I, I think that probably would have gotten my writing juices flowing in terms of being able to kind of observe and then, you know, kind of tow that line between working, but also kind of being immersed in that atmosphere uh, obviously, it's called up and smoke for a reason, um, and so <laughs> right. I don't know how productive I probably would have been. It will probably would have been very similar uh, to William mm. Miller uh, and yeah. his <laughs> exploits uh,
1: with Stillwater, <laughs> but uh, he, got little, he got a little sidetracked. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a little, just a, just a little. little yeah, but You're um, out there I to think... join the party, man, get it together. <laughs> don't
2: be, don't be friends. Don't be friends. You got a job to do. So um, yeah, I think that's <laughs> probably what I, that's what I would pick for me.
0: Hmm. You know, cause I don't feel like I'm that much of a music person as much as you guys. Okay. But sure. uh, I just remember, cause I'm always kind of like listening to like almost anything, mm-hmm. but I was, if I was like 15 or something like that, I'd listen to a lot of Linkin Park just for oh, like dude. the last, yeah. If like Very if nice. I was fifteen, I was, I'm trying to like do the math now. It's like what year <laughs> was it? <laughs> That's when you know. Um, but yeah, I'd probably go with Lincoln Park. You know, I was always connected to them through like my brother, who's was listening, who's like six years older than I am. So obviously, he started listening to them when they were like at the top of their their game. And I was I would always like listen to whatever my brother listened to, especially when I was younger. Um, so, I would probably—it's super intense, <laughs> obviously. But yeah, I—it would be—that uh, would definitely be an interesting band to follow. Mm.
1: Nice, thank you for sharing, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. All right, um, for me, yeah, I—I ha- I kind of have two answers. Like, this is just—this would have been extremely irresponsible because if, like, we're getting technical, I would have only been like twelve. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. it would have been really, it would have been really nice to, which I'm sure like, you know, that could have been a movie too. But, um, um, where I, where I prodigious, where I a prodigious 12 year old writer, um, it would have been interesting to go on tour with, uh, to follow blink One Eighty Two on tour, like before Ooh. they broke up the first time <laughs> <laughs> when things were like truly on the rocks and like they, you know, all this, all the tensions simmering were just coming to the surface and blowing up. And, uh, yeah, just trying to navigate all that, you know. I'd probably just like hang back with like Travis Barker cuz you know, he was, he was probably pretty drama free, you know. I would at least back, just hang back out then. With <laughs> yeah. as, as a uh, yeah, for sure. As the drummer <laughs> you know, I'm, a, I'm a I'm a drummer myself, so you know, like it would have been cool to just, you know, spend some time with him. Um, but yeah, if we for, fast forward a few more years to when I'm like 15 16, I definitely well, I, I, that informed my shirt choice this evening. Um, it was, I would have lo- I would oh, have loved to go on the road with the Foo Fighters, who are definitely probably yeah my number one favorite band if, if I had to just pick one. And uh, yeah, especially considering uh, Taylor's Taylor Hawkins's death from last year, the yeah. drummer from that band, it would have been really special to like see them and like you know I I'm a diehard Foo Fighters fan and. I I like the kind of bromance between Dave Grohl and Taylor is like legendary. And like Mm -hmm. Dave is he's he's widely considered to be like the Tom Hanks of rock stars, like just the nicest guy. So it would have been it would have been really cool too to just yeah, just chill out with, with them and see how see how all the magic happens.
2: Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the Foo Fighters just because I remember when I was still this is a before streaming, I think I was still on Comcast and Xfinity we're definitely not sponsored by them and we're thankful that we're not, um, <laughs> not one a of brand the channels you want to be associated with yeah exactly no, like we we have a love hate relationship I love to hate them now so um what, one of the channels that I used to watch when I had Xfinity was Palladia and I actually would from time to time watch some documentaries that dave grohl and the foo fighters would uh produce where they would uh kind of document the behind the scenes footage of i remember there was one uh from their uh performance over at wembley which was pretty cool cool to see nice that and i remember seeing a documentary on oh shoot what was that one album in like 2011 that came out Uh, wasting 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 Light. light. Lacing, yeah.
1: yeah, they're back and forth. That's like the story of the whole band. I have that. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: So I, I remember watching that and just, uh, just, just being transported into their world and their creative process is is pretty cool to see. I've always loved loved documentaries about like the making of stuff, especially with music.
0: Yeah, I mean, definitely that would be pretty nuts, just because. I, I feel like there's always so much mystery in the music industry mm-hmm. so to be actually like behind the scenes with with these bands especially as a
1: 15 year old kid <laughs> it's a it's a lot yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah that's a good point i think especially because of the format because it is primarily primarily yeah like you consume it mostly with your ears so you're really just taking that and you don't consider yeah like how many takes it took to get that sound or like what the story of that sound even is or like oh hey it turns out this the song that you love the most is the one that almost didn't even make it on the album because like everyone fucking hated it when they were recording it and then it turns out to be the biggest hit whatever like all those types of things like there's always a really interesting story behind everything
0: yeah true true ken uh who's gonna do the second double feature is it gonna be me or is it gonna be you (laughs)
2: i think we ultimately decided that we were going to rock paper scissors this so right. um we're going to go on we're going to go one two three and then shoot so right. depending on who wins we'll read whatever question so ready all right here we go one two three shoot all right i guess oh. it's me rock <laughs> rock right. the scissors. delay kind of freaked
1: me out yeah. i wasn't sure <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there was uh there was latency <laughs> on that uh on that
2: yeah. video <laughs> Yeah, it's all good. (laughs) All right. So uh, for Jeremy and I's half of the double feature, um, I'm glad we were actually mentioning the 15-year-old at the center of this story, Mr. William Miller, because uh, I wanted to ask you guys, and we'll start with Jeremy on this one. uh, Did you find it at times uncomfortable at all that we were watching what was going on with Stillwater and all the -the behind-the-scenes stuff with the 15-year-old journalist at the center of the story. What were were there cringy moments where there ooh, I don't know if that would fly like in today's society in 2023.
0: Uh okay. First of all, <laughs> yes, but I'm gonna <laughs> mention something else first. Uh I mean, just I, I like the character and everything like that. There were some moments though where you know he's I don't know how old the actor was when this was filmed, but there are some moments I was like just the, the kid actor like this. I was like, that was a little rough, man. It could be, uh, could have done another take on that. You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, but yeah, in terms of the stuff that they were doing with William on tour, I think, I think for the fact that we also didn't know how old Penny was for like the whole movie. And it was never revealed her actual age. And that she was sleeping with Russell. And mm. at the same time, she, you know, had a thing for William, maybe. But William definitely had a thing for her. It, it, that became very creepy. And and then, it obviously, it just became a whole thing when uh, the, the high school girls are running by the bus. And I, I, I'm surprised, like, William does, doesn't say anything, considering he's kind of a, you know uh, ethical, <laughs>
1: you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's a, it's a licorice, it's a potential licorice pizza situation. I think is what you're saying. I've, I haven't seen that movie, but yeah, it's like, that's what I, that's what I've heard is like this age difference, mm-hmm. slightly problematic age difference romance at the heart of that movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, just
2: like Jeremy said, uh, we weren't, they were very ambiguous as to how mm-hmm. old Penny Lane was during this movie. And, uh, yeah, I, just because you know they they visited that one part of the scene where um i guess there it was their first really extended conversation inside the once they got when they were both in once william got in to pass the the security guard and they are like, well, how old are you? I'm 18. Oh, I'm 18 too. Actually, I'm 17. Well, I'm 17 too. <laughs>
1: like I just kept the truth, isn't it funny? The truth just sounds different. <laughs> yeah. I, I do love that line. <laughs> that is,
2: it's very true. But uh, yeah. I mean, again, they didn't really visit that um, as far yeah. as Penny Lane goes. Um, especially once they established that William Miller yeah. was only 15.
0: Because it, it makes you think about the character of Russell also. Because he's one cheating on his wife who reveals that she was actually cheating on him at one point, (laughs) but um, for it to be ambiguous whether or not she was Mm. underage or not, it was it made me question whether or not I wanted to like root for. The friendship between russell and william at the very end i was like i'm so conflicted because i didn't know whether or not um, william should even be associated with a guy like him so i was conflicted at the at that friendship love it
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I bet you that was uh that was camera crow's <laughs> intention I bet you. But, uh, Michael, do you want to take that? So uh, did you find it at all uncomfortable uh, on this rewatch? I I know this is uh, actually the movie that, like, you had already seen. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that it was uh, kind of one of your favorites. Yeah.
1: Um, did you find any of that problematic? Uh, the, you know, for me, I kind of chalk it up to, like, again, it was, like, the 70s and things were a lot Loose, we're coming. I mean, this is early '70s to 1973, so we're like coming yeah. out of like the swinging '60s and stuff. So I'm sure just like social norms, as far as like the activities people were getting into, was a lot <clears throat> more, a lot more lax. So on that note, I did not necessarily uh, think it was too big of an issue in terms of Williams' way of just kind of navigating the whole situation. I actually thought it was really interesting. So like. This is actually Patrick Fugit's first movie, his first thing, so that probably informs the slightly occasion, yeah, arguably slightly occasionally choppy nature of his performance. <clears throat> and um, you know, he's not kid from Black Adam bad, as I'm just, I'm just <laughs> tipping my hat to your yeah. guys' <laughs> past episode. Yeah, no, and talk about a NEPA baby. Sorry, that's a whole other <laughs> other conversation. Um, but <laughs> I'm just trying to, I'm just going to, trying to keep it hot and keep it uh, mm. relevant. But what I find interesting about William is that he's this combination of mature, but also still naive, you know, mm-hmm. especially, and we can talk LB. about the ethics of his mother, you know, ethics of his mother, you know, unknown, you know, hiding it from him that she skipped him two grades, you know? Yeah. And so he's kind of, so he sort of has the cards stacked against him a little bit in that, in that way. So I think he does the best he can within you know with where he's at developmentally and uh you know in terms of his maturity you know yeah i'm kind of curious if um the logic with
2: elaine allowing william to join that right. tour was rooted with um i guess zoe de chanel i forget her character's name uh, anita. anita 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 yeah it, no, just like because a, of that um disdain that that she had for her mom um mm-hmm. and her wanting to just just get out of dodge when she hit 18 um mm-hmm. and maybe the guiltiness that she felt maybe in that mm-hmm. so maybe she kind of overcorrected by it. it's like all right well i think i raised th- this uh boy uh to be a good you know good son he's very respectful i mean yeah he's 15 um you know what i'm gonna trust them with (laughs) with this rock band Uh, oh man so yeah uh, i'm guessing uh, that's how i rationalized elaine's choice in that in that regard i think she just overcorrected.
1: yeah a little bit you could tell like her she's like a psychology (laughs) professor and stuff so you know you know again there she's like you know i'm a college professor why can't i teach my own kids like she kind of says that she kind of says that literally right she's Mm -hmm. She's got some blind spots there she's doing the best she can. Single mom in the 60s like in the 60s, 70s too. Like mm-hmm. it was probably it was pretty, probably pretty hard. I I did
2: enjoy Elaine as a character. Frances yeah. Dormond was really yes. good. She was very likable and you kind of uh you felt for her, you know, because being a single mom it's it's a handful, especially during that time. And so I don't know. It's she came off as likable, even though, you know, some of her decision making could be, I guess, critiqued by, by people like us, I guess. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, yeah, she easily she easily could have been like the hard ass wet blanket of the whole yeah. movie. But like mm-hmm. that movie didn't even really need that. Like in if this was just any other like more cookie cutter coming of age situation, there would have been a character like that. But it's like she just yeah. she's just, you know, there and is trying to do her best by her son but ultimately yeah it's so that way it comes off more endearing than anything else when she's like Mm -hmm. you know i can't whistle but you know like
0: don't take drugs (laughs) (laughs)
2: yeah man don't don't take drugs man you want to get high dude i was so messed up how like the people that were surrounding william were like okay mom i was like oh god I'm-. i would have, i would have died if i was William." <laughs> just being embarrassed being 15 year old uh, uh. but uh to answer my question real quick i think just because in 2023 it's a uh, cancel culture is just at the forefront of anything like pop Anything. culture related really yeah. um mm-hmm. and i feel like we're we're watching it in this lens i think i don't i don't want to speak on behalf of jeremy so i won't but i think if i may have watched this way back when it came out in 2000 i probably wouldn't have thought too much of it just because one i was 19 at the time and two i think i would have i i wouldn't have analyzed the movie as much as i would and mm-hmm. so i don't think i would have had too much of a problem with it back then. It's just now that we're living in the day and age that we are, now Mm. we're just seeing it from this very, uh, you know, it's just like a filter, this cancel culture Mm. filter that kind of sucks. And it kind of sucks, um, some of the joy out of just watching, um, the creative process from, from these directors. Mm. So, um, I tried my best to not let that happen. And I did enjoy Almost Famous, and you'll see
1: how much later on. Damn, what a cliffhanger. Yeah,
0: I I agree though, because this movie was more funny than I expected it to be. You know, I didn't expect, Mm, mm -hmm. and there were obviously it being 2000 and being set in the 70s, there's going to be some jokes that, uh, you know, maybe wouldn't fly nowadays. Like uh, at the very end, when they're in the—I don't even know if this is a joke. You know what I mean? It's like oh, are right, all right. all—they're yeah. all like getting crazy on and revealing whatever secrets they have in this <laughs> thunderstorm. And at the very—I end, I f- I forgot who it was. One of the band members. It was the
1: drummer, I think. The drummer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and he's like, like I'm doesn't gonna- say anything. That's <laughs> yeah, like—I'm pretty sure that's, that's, that's literally- his only line in the whole movie. <laughs> Yeah. I do know. I was like, wait, who is that? Guy? I guess that's <laughs> exactly. I mean that's the thing. I guess you know, again, there's always the the, the drummer's always the butt of the joke, like in like rock star mm-hmm. rock band cliches yeah. and stuff. So maybe that has something to do with it. But <laughs> as a drummer, Mike, that's all we give him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> See, but that's and, I
1: think that's what made the joke funny. It's cause yeah, it that's came true, out that's left true. field. Yeah. So it's yeah. like I don't know if that like nowadays, like, hey, they just use him the, for the butt of the joke. Well, while well, well, we're on the subject though, like the bass player gets way more dialogue and we get and he's the one who gets to be like, Hey man, check out these like pull over. There's these like tasty high school girls jockeying on the side I know. of the freeway. It's like, wow.
2: <laughs> Speaking of find,
1: problematic <laughs> Let's go find some barbecue or something. <laughs> I
0: know seriously. Uh
2: Dude, I, I felt like that drummer like so just even the way he'd look, just look like a uh like an avatar from like a character that
1: you would create in like rock, rock band, band or something yeah, like that. Yeah, like guitar hero or rock band, very <laughs> yeah, just hella generic. <laughs> the hair the hairdressing in this movie is is one of its biggest strengths. Let's just put it yeah. that way. Oh my goodness. Yeah. The with the with the
2: with Jeff, the the lead singer yeah. and obviously um, Russell, oh man.
1: It looks like Ken, Ken's like, I'm like, gonna grow my hair back. Fantastic. Out. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a,
2: I'm a, if I could grow a mustache, I would totally grow a mustache. <laughs> oh shoot. Billy crude up. I, I don't know how to say his it. last name. I think that's it. I think that's
0: it. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Uh, guys, we like to involve the audience here on the weekly real podcast. And uh, so we're gonna throw out this one interesting question, which you guys can answer as well. What is your favorite fictional band or solo artist from a movie, so uh, Michael,
1: I'm guessing you have at least two I do I do, yes, at least two. um I would say, well, part it of, off the top of my head, I'm gonna have to go Sex Bob-omb from Scott Pilgrim vs the World. I love those songs <laughs> I used to I had those on heavy repeat when that soundtrack came out uh nice. and then the next two that come to the top of my head are Connor for real and the Style Boys from Pop Star: Never Stop, Never Stopping. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's that, that's the full name of that movie. Yes, and um and then uh, Dewey Cox from Walk Hard: The Dewey Cox Story. Oh! highly shoot. recommend. Oh, did I take yours, Ken? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, you did it.
2: No, you did okay, it, okay, I, okay.
1: I completely forgot about that
2: one. I'm glad you did. You mentioned whole it. album. Like oh,
1: shoot, that's a good one. John C. Riley recorded a whole ass album for that <laughs> movie, and it's all expands like, like popular music history from like the seven fifties, fifties through the seventies. I want to say. Uh-huh um so really i really appreciate his uh commitment to the bit and as far as the pop star goes you know it's it's lonely island so it's that vibe like comedy rap really like self-aware <laughs> meta like ridiculousness
2: nice mm-hmm. um i guess for me well, i just wanted to mention like a just a random one hector hector from coco just just oh, because right. Ooh, good, good, good. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he's he was he was the real writer of uh remember me and all those other songs uh <laughs> that's kind of my fun one but uh to answer it seriously love Jackson Maine from a star is born Ooh. um mm-hmm. uh, uh he was really good and of course the own eaters
0: no uh, that nice that was you. yeah that's mine man the Wonders <laughs> the owners that i love that movie it just brings back nostalgia for me so oh, when i was like 12 yeah man
2: that thing you do is so good
0: is it streaming so, anywhere i want to
2: watch uh, no it, it
1: was on hulu for the longest time Shit. i caught it on there like i watched that front to back for the first time like sometime last year uh, but it, it was definitely a uh, limited time on hulu mm-hmm. oh i'm sorry i took yours
0: um jeremy <laughs> no, it's all good. Yeah, but yeah, if you ha- guys, if you haven't seen that thing you do yet, definitely go see it. Uh it's and good. Let- it's very good. It's yeah. very good. Uh Just let us know time. what your favorite uh band or solo, solo artist. Make sure that they're f- actually fictional, you know? <laughs> uh, and uh they can actually like tell us on TikTok, Instagram, like at, at Weekly Real, at Weekly Real Pod. But if they wanna, you know, email us can. They can email us uh, at, what was the thing that they used in the movie that can send?
1: The uh, mojo. <laughs> the mojo. It only takes 18 <laughs> minutes per page.
0: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, was, holy
1: I was like, wow, that went over this... my head.
2: <laughs> Woo. I I I I need to look up that, uh, that, that technology. I I tried
1: Googling a picture of it. I was like, I couldn't find it. Like, I just got pictures of actual fax machines. (laughs) I was so so upset. Yeah. I
0: was like, damn.
1: I wonder if
2: it's like slower than like that dot matrix printer thing. I don't know. Or maybe that is what that is. I don't know. Who knows? but you know, that predates it. Uh, but our actual email address here in 2023 is weekly, at gmail.com.
0: Yep. And go send it there. And, uh, before we get to the weekly real awards, let's take a quick break.
2: All right. Welcome back from the break. And, uh, Guys, let's get right into our weekly real awards for almost famous. And so the first award that we're going to give out for this episode is the Insign award for underrated scene. And so Michael since you are our special guest for this episode, you get first dibs on all of our uh, all of our awards. Oh, and so okay. give your favorite
1: underrated scene for the Insign award sure um I would have to go with the the t-shirt argument between Jeff and Russell mm. <laughs> where the whole controversy yes. is they get their first their first official t-shirt and it's very exciting but they see it's like Russell is front and center and everyone else is reduced to like a silhouette <laughs> in the background and it's the Boca uh, it's the Boca <laughs> yeah <It's> really, really <laughs> cinematic right on right on um yeah I think it's just really funny and so, I mean it's it's definitely tense and it's uncomfortable but i think i like that it's kind of this very self-aware because you know Stillwater is a fictional band but um i'm not sure how like deep you guys went in like looking into this but like are you aware that this is semi-autobiographical this film no i did
2: didn't go oh okay
1: shit okay i might have just blown it over a little bit i i kind of assumed maybe it was based on
0: something just because the it was produced by um, the same guy who's like directing. So I, I feel like it was like a bit of a passion yeah. project type of thing. So
1: no, that's exactly what it was. So Cameron Crowe before he like wrote and directed stuff, like say anything, Jerry Maguire, this movie, we bought a zoo. I don't know if we, know with Matt Damon. Um, all right. All right, no, no. Right, okay. Right on. Cool. Um, so he, yeah, he was a teenage journalist for rolling stone. And like, this is a, like a, a composite of his experiences in that time. Like a lot of the things that happen here are based on like stuff that actually happened with, uh, other bands of the time uh, apparently like still waters primarily based on his experiences with like Leonard Skinner and the Almond brothers, oh. but, uh, like the, I am a Goat, like apparently the lead singer of Led Zeppelin, uh, was known to like stand on the balcony of this hotel, that same hotel, I think the riot house in. He actually did yell like I'm a golden God like that's <laughs> so there's just these like nuggets of of his actual experiences peppered in. But yeah, I, I like that. It's just this peek behind the curtain about how self-aware, but like self-conscious bandmates can be about their images and how they try to present themselves to the world. And I'm a big Jason Lee fan. Anything that he's in, I I will check it out. Um, I miss I miss seeing him and stuff. I think he's just like chilling and like running like a skate company or something now these days, laying a little bit lower. But yeah, just whenever he gets like shitty and starts yelling and complains, like that's my favorite. That's kind of like one of his one of his like signature moves in his performances. But I like he's like, we agreed that I was gonna be the front <laughs> man and you're the guitarist with Mystique. We agreed on that <laughs> dynamic. Like, <laughs> I was when he, when he described it like, like he that. comes up <laughs> Yeah like Jeff Jeff is so try hard through the whole yeah. movie. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> like in he's just he just wants to be perceived as like badass and cool yeah, I but s- I still his, love you, Linda. His, inse- <laughs> <laughs> his insecurities come yeah. through. Yeah, just it, from even just how Yeah, and you think about I you just think about all these pairings like David Lee Roth and Eddie Van Halen or mm-hmm. even like if you put it into like modern day like Pete Wentz and Patrick Stump and like, Fallout Boy. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of the inverse there, because, like, uh, Pete is, even though Patrick's the the lead singer with the voice of gold, voice of an angel, like, Pete's the pretty boy that, like, all the chicks like, you know? Um, so I just think about, yeah, there's always these pairings, and it's like, you wonder, like, how much of this is on purpose <laughs> versus how much of it just happens when, you know, people's, people's feelings get hurt <laughs> and whatnot. Yeah. But, yeah, the way that it buttons the way that it buttons with just like the camera, just holding on that like wide shot of the, the green room or whatever. And Russell's like, come on, man, let's go find something real. And he goes, William goes to tag along, but then he very quickly goes to grab the shirt and just like sticks it in his little knapsack. I just, (laughs) that was, was I feel like that that part was a very underrated too. I thought, yeah, absolutely. He's just like, well, I mean, sure. Of course I want this.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Random aside about Jeff, uh, when every time Jeff would rant or whatever, especially with his long hair, his long, luscious yeah. hair and his beard, tell me why when I would close my eyes, I'm picturing TJ Miller uh, doing <laughs> wow. a rant. He does. He sounded he does, like him. Yeah,
1: their vo- vocal qualities are very similar, yeah. Holy crap. <laughs> so, I would say TJ definitely comes off more confident. Jason. Jason Lee, there's a certain like... <laughs> tortured insecurity yeah. <laughs> With every, whether it's this incredible yes. <laughs> mall rats whatever whatever mm-hmm. your jason lee touchstone is
0: i'm only the fucking lead singer
1: <laughs> i like how they left them in uh yeah. that one yeah. uh, one stop it's like <laughs> hey
2: oh man all right jeremy uh it's your turn who is your winner for the yinson award for underrated scene or which scene i should say
0: you know, I really liked all the scenes with Philip Seymour Hoffman in it. It's mm-hmm. just he's mm-hmm. so good, and he's there for such a short time. But I want to really highlight—I wish I feel like he's underrated. Uh, which is at the very end, his phone call, Williams' phone yeah. call with, yeah, with bro. at the end, is so it's good. good. And just for it, it really when I watch that scene, it's like a breath of fresh air after all the stuff yeah. that we went mm-hmm. through with Dude, William. Yeah. With the band, yeah. it's crazy, and obviously, um, what was his character's name? Lester <laughs> Bangs. Uh, Lester Bangs.
1: <laughs> real. He's a real. That was a real per. He was a real person. Okay. Lester Bangs.
0: And he, um, you know, he was a bit, you know, jaded in in that, and Bath rightfully so, with some of the stuff that he must have been through, and obviously trying to mentor this kid,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and obviously Williams. You can just see his face. See, in in scenes like that, you can just see, like, without even saying anything, you can see that yeah. William has been through a lot, and he's a bit, like, sad, but at the same time, he doesn't, like, regret any of the stuff that he went through. It, it's crazy, dude, mm-hmm. that you get that type of performance <laughs> compared to some other scenes. But, um, yeah, just Philip Sumer Hoffman killed it in, in those scenes, and i don't know i just it after all that
1: roller coaster of that movie it's like oh, that's such a good it, it just threw a phone call yeah yeah he checks in what's cool is he checks in with him basically once per act of the movie mm-hmm. like so he's that he's his sort of touchstone tether and yeah it's like Again, this is like a very just like grounded comedy drama, but it is kind of that hero's journey sort of vibe. Like that's that's yeah, it's his that's his like Obi Wan Kenobi ostensibly, right? <laughs> pretty, it was like, pretty much. <laughs> given it basically like here's what you should do. Please be careful. You know of the dark side of hanging out with rock stars. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, be honest and unmerciful. All that.
2: I I love uh, the self deprecation too. Just to kind of wrap up that scene where Williams like, oh man, I'm so I'm so glad you were home and Lester Banks is like I'm always home I'm uncool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cuz yeah, I mean he just try to keep it real. It's like dude we're journalists yeah, yeah. and obviously they're the rock stars and and it, 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 they just pull you in, you know? Like I, I like how they described it. too. It's like oh they make you your friend. It's like it's like they're giving you booze or whatever. It's the booze it's they, feed, the booze you. they yeah. feed you. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh for my uh, the- oh for my Yinsen uh, Award underrated C sorry uh the underrated.
1: oh my god i got, I got choked up <laughs> I haven't done it's that okay anymore. this is a safe space this is this is your podcast <laughs> <laughs> oh man well but for my
2: yinson award winner um for underrated scene it's early on actually it's um uh, when they're hanging out at that hotel and we're gonna throw some love to anna pa- pa- paquin's uh character oh, yeah, Palaxia, yeah, yeah and you know she's kind of kind of just kind of talking to William off, off to the side, but she's kind of giving a little bit of social commentary on how these things work uh, with the band-aids and, and some of these musical acts. And so like, she's kind of giving play-by-play with what's happening. Penny Lane, obviously, mm-hmm. they had their history with her and uh, Russell from the uh, the previous year. And she just like stole the energy. She just had this grand entrance, but she kind of ignored him a little bit.
1: Mm. and
2: obviously russell has had his eye on her on her and everything's just like oh but he's he's gonna pretend like he's not gonna like acknowledge her and then basically she just kind of showed him like how these things work and it's i feel like it's a it's probably how the game gets played even like in 2023 sometimes like i'm sure you got to work the room and you know like Mm -hmm. sometimes you just know if someone's into you or not but you can't always just kind of give away everything all at once. So um I don't know. I just thought it was like a fun little thing. I just wanted to make sure that dude, this cast was super stacked. And a pack win and among others. Um, just wanted Vicky to make Valancourt. sure that we mentioned that. Yeah. Me say it again.
1: I said Vicky Valencourt. Yeah, Vicky Valencourt. Oh my goodness. Yeah. was, of all uh
2: Vicky Valencourt aka Sapphire. Oh, I was like it was bugging me for just a second. I was like, why does she look so familiar? And then <laughs> Vicky Valancourt from Waterboy. Water sucks. Really, really sucks. All right, let's want get me
1: to kill want me to kill them? It's <laughs> my favorite gif oh, probably God. on the whole internet. No, yeah. but <laughs> yeah. she was
2: actually really good. I, I feel like if we yeah. give away the Yinsen Award for underrated character, I think she would have been a, a key contender.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: All right, let's get into our next award where we are now giving a choice between the I Am Groot Award for favorite yes. character or the Malekith Award for most hated mm. character. I feel like we've been given out at least this choice of the Malekith Award yeah. um, just because we've had a pretty good run of, uh, of these kind of movies where sometimes you love or sometimes you hate some characters. So, Michael, which ones? which one are you giving out first?
1: uh we're gonna go with i love that it's the Malachi award in particular because <laughs> that's the perfect it was either the malekith award or the darren cross award i guess or something Whoa, <laughs> no, yes. maybe it was done i was getting, him get oh i was like no he's not the worst he's not the worst i can't think of other mcu villains at the moment i'm a little i'm a little rusty um but yeah you know what we gave a bunch of these characters their flowers just now i'm uh, but I just want to take it to task because it—I've seen this movie a lot, obviously. Um, but this time it just really irked me. Um, Russell—Russell—Russell Hammond is the bad guy in this movie. Mm. As I don't like. Let's not pretend that he's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, yeah, it didn't. You know, like he has that endearing moment when he's on, like, getting progressively more wasted and then tripping on acid at the house party in Topeka. <laughs> so um, good, <laughs> just like flipping. Yeah. I do like his thing is like his timing of like, you want to see me feed a mouse to my snake? Yes. <laughs> flipping yeah. the, flipping the light switches and stuff. Um, But yeah, it was just, I was so frustrated. I'm like, William just wants his interview. And it's like, oh, I guess yeah. for me, yeah, the thing that really sunk in on this rewatch was, yeah, this, in some ways, like this is like half heartwarming coming of age tale, mm-hmm. but it, it it's also this cautionary cautionary tale of like, hey, be careful meeting your heroes. You know, like you never really know how someone's going to actually be. Sometimes it's exact. they're exactly if you have a chance to meet somebody you really look up to or a fan of, they may act. they may be just as you built them up to be in your imagination or those hopes could be very quickly dashed, mm-hmm. you know? And just uh, the the scene that kind of comes to mind for me the most is <clears throat> when William's, he's carrying the laundry and then, you know, just very frustrated, like g- again, gets snubbed and like the audacity that Russell like duct tapes the do not disturb sign to the door. I'm going to assume it's Russell. Maybe Penny did it. Who knew? Who knows? It was Russell. <laughs> he, him, like He just was like, probably upset because... But again, uh, just that... <laughs> <laughs> Again, that thing of like, this is still a 15 year old, like, and actually yeah. like the jury's out as to whether or not they even knew how old he actually was. They do not really address that either. But yeah, like just that desperation of like, I'm in over my head and just that we've all had that moment where you, you throw up the middle finger in a fit of rage, <laughs> but it also feels like the most futile gesture possible. Cause like it's I uh, shoot dude. I don't know. Like I just really empathize with William. Like, how can I compete with this? like guitar God with the flowing man (laughs) who looks like Jesus.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I understand. It's, I feel like camera crow purposely gave uh, us, gave Russell like some very likable traits. He's very charming. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's true. And I really, really felt bad for Penny Lane. Uh, throughout this movie because yeah. I mean, yeah, you could tell that there was that natural chemistry, but then they did set those boundaries, but even then real feelings will eventually come to the forefront. And mm-hmm. so um yeah, he you know, like it or not, these uh these rock stars, they they have their egos and, you know, when everything's mm-hmm. handed to them on a silver platter, they'll just be users at the end of the day just to feed their own ego. So
1: yeah, and there's that interesting parallel. I forget which conversation happens first. Um, I think oh no, you no know, Penny. I think has it f- has a conversation about this with Miller uh with William first, like on the bus, and he's like, "Hey, like I want you to know, like I don't do this for everyone, but like Russell is he's my last project, like because he's he's um because they're good, but he could be great." And then like later, mm. uh, they're by the pool. I think right before Russell gets shocked by the microphone stand, oh, yeah. and he's like you know i grew up with these guys we have a a lot of history together but like i'm beyond them musically i'm like dude where do you get off like it almost makes him getting it almost makes him getting electrocuted kind of his comeuppance a little bit in the next in the next sequence and yeah yeah it's always kind of dodging william again it's like when did you get so professional like all that stuff and yeah, he's always blowing him off, and it's just like,
0: why, why? <laughs> I
1: don't.
0: Yeah, the one. Good one. Like, what do you have to hide, huh, Russell? Dude, when he said, "Write what you want" at the very end, and then for him yeah. to like deny what he said later,
1: dude, right? Like, what it. what like, is up with that? mixed signal? Mixed signals, much. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Come on,
2: Jeremy. um... Are you going to go the same route as no. Michael with
0: Malekith? Okay. No, I'm a little bit <laughs> okay, yeah, more. Go, let's go
1: go back, bring back the good vibes or <laughs> another
0: Malekith. <I> mean <laughs> someone uh, else you hate. Who
1: knows? <laughs> I don't
0: hate um, Russell as much as Michael did, but I did hate a character. And it was mm. actually Penny Lane. <laughs>
1: Whoa. Yeah. Um, that was Whoa. Okay. <laughs> this is um. Oh, my God. <laughs> all right. You bring it. Okay. Okay. So what happened?
0: She reminded me very much of another. Like, at first, I did like her a lot, but then as the movie progressed, I just started to not like her. And that I wow. reminded, mm. and it's this movie reminds me very much of Forrest Gump.
1: Ooh, she's the Jenny, dude. Oh, man, because, wow, that's a very good point because it,
0: it is still like a coming of age movie, very much like, yeah. oh, they. They're kind of in like this innocent stage in the be- very beginning, but as time slowly moves on. But one thing I do have to commend her for is sending Russell instead of, uh, to yeah, Williams house, instead the, of her going. Yeah, that was twist. <laughs> Talk about a power move. I was <laughs> like, nice. okay, she's not as bad as Jenny, but it, like, th- there was points in this movie I was like, man, give this kid a break. Like, sending like, just giving them yeah. hope like, oh let's go to Morocco and all that stuff. And like freaking mm-hmm. it, it like like Jenny, you know, she's a, like a groupie. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's true. That is very I, true. That's a really good analogy. I,
1: wow, yeah. The that, that scene the scene that comes to mind that's most frustrating for Penny is when uh they're like it's like an outdoor venue. It looks like they played a festival or something. And she's like, you know, like if you looked at me the way Russell does, oh. like, you don't know him like I do. And yeah, he's like, man, where and when, when and where does this real world occur? Like, that's my favorite, like yeah. William monologue, like just him because he's starting to see through the cracks or like starting to like see through the veil a little bit. Right. Mm-hmm. Of everything. And it's kind of where it all, I feel like it really starts to come to a head for me, for him at least. Yeah. So, slip much <laughs> I, I have a i have a i have a question about penny then like i kind of i'm curious to hear your guys opinion may i like add a suppl- supplemental question do you guys feel that penny falls under the trope of like the manic pixie dream girl Hmm. like because i feel like it's adjacent i don't know if it's like you know i don't know if she t- checks all the boxes uh you, I think one could make that argument. Ken, what
2: do you think? I, w- I was gonna leave it up to you first,
1: just because you br-
2: you brought up <laughs> that's, <a true>, <laughs> that's true.
0: That's true. I don't know. I, I, I think I have to go. I stick with my my answer, basically, just saying she's not as bad as yeah, Jenny as as Jenny, or, and yeah, I, yeah. it could have worked with William. I just, like the ambiguity of uh, yeah. her age and all that stuff. Still, kind of bothered me, mm-hmm. especially she knows how old William is the whole time, and he doesn't mm-hmm. know how old she is. So that kind of bothered me. So, yeah, there's a lot. I think I may have seen the light a little, bit. I think Jeremy may have persuaded <laughs> me a little. Because
2: okay, Ooh. you know how uh, I feel like Kate Hudson in her performance as Penny Lane. She. She can kind of she's that charming person, that charming personality, mm-hmm. uh, where sometimes you are kind of blinded by, you know, appearances. You know, it's similar mm-hmm. to Russell and everything. He's oh, very yeah, charming. I was say, with,
1: it's, they're parallel, like mm-hmm. the way they yeah. both basically like lead William on in their own respective ways. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, <laughs> I guess I never really thought
2: about it on from from Penny's perspective. I I did see it on. Uh, from Russell's perspective, just because it was part of the main storyline with uh, with him kind of basically dicking around, uh, which one we call it William and just kind of brushing them all off as far as the Rolling Stone interview goes. But man, um, uh, on the penny side, sometimes uh, I feel like uh, we've all been there where, we, you know, we are enamored with Mm. an idea of Mm, just mm, attractiveness and Mm -hmm. and you could kind of see that William did fall for that because you know he's he's young he's impressionable he's 15 he's got all these hormones going and uh man I mean obviously we saw it when right after she took all those quaaludes uh he went for it even though she was basically just on the cusp of passing out right and yeah. she had to get her stomach uh pump but it was just really shitty timing in that in that regard with him tr- confessing and professing his love when she's knocked out but i don't know like
1: <laughs> ugh, i don't know i felt it's like not that very, not very lady like <laughs> lady goodman
0: Yeah, yeah. when when, uh, she was getting her stomach pumped, it kind of creeped me out the way he was looking at her, though. I was Mm -hmm. like, he looked at her like as if, you know, she had a wedding dress on while she was getting her
1: stomach pumped. I don't know, it was a little weird. And that other Elton John song was playing, too, so it was an interesting... (laughs) Oh, oh, I mean, yeah, it's probably safe to say that, like, William probably has, like, a kind of a peculiar, probably a, a somewhat peculiar view of just kind of, like, Female relationships, like mm. in his life, like I mean, his like key. I mean, his sit with his sister, kind of leaving the family, and like his mom having a very strong presence and things like that. So you know, there that kind of social awkwardness is like very <laughs> just key to his character. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh man! Well, quickly for mine, I'll I'll actually give the I am good award. Uh, I think Jeremy mentioned it a little bit earlier uh with lester bank so mm-hmm. i will go i'll pivot actually i'll mention elaine miller mm-hmm. I, I again i mentioned francis mcdormand and how she plays uh i don't know she played a lovable mom and she you know like she was always trying to look out for his boy or for yeah. her boy and and i love the phone conversation, actually, the just the both conversations that she ended up having with uh, with Russell, mm-hmm. the one where she tells him off over the phone was like, "Oh shit, it's not too late for yeah, to you know. to become a person of substance." Like,
1: yeah. was, <laughs> that hurt. That cut deep, <laughs>
2: dude. He, he went from playful Russell, like you know, charming or whatever, just kind of brushing everything off, and then you could see his facial expression just change by the end. It's like, <laughs> yeah. "Yes, ma'am."
0: Yes, man. Like, yeah. oh, <laughs> and when they were getting hyped of, for the band, uh, <laughs> you could just see his face still terrified. Your mom kind Your of freaked kind me out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot! But yeah, I felt like Frances McDormand was so good in this movie, uh, playing Elaine. Uh, again, you 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 empathize with her. There are times when you, like, I don't know. It's like it, it's that whole parenting thing. Uh, I don't know what it's like to be a parent yet. Uh, but i i would imagine it's like letting go uh, but mm. sometimes it's like ooh, i mean the 15 how much do they really know so it's like that should i pull them in close or should i let them go that mm. uh that conf, inner conflict and man um you know, obviously in 73, there wasn't as many modes of communication as we do now have in 2023. So it's like, oh, you got to find an actual phone to actually call yeah. or what was that? What was that technology? The, the 18 pages? Yeah. The mojo. <laughs> the mojo. He should have sent the mojo. 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 All right. Let's get right next to uh, our next award. The Avengers Assemble Award for Favorite Scene self-explanatory award right on michael what was your favorite scene of almost famous
1: so i'm gonna i'm gonna hold off on like the 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 obvious choice that most people think of with this movie just because i'd rather not i try to go left of center where i can um so despite (laughs) despite the thorough the thorough dressing down of the penny lane character we just engaged in um (laughs) i just in terms of the uh In terms of just, I don't know, all the pieces that come together, I really like the thing that always comes to mind for me when I think of this movie is just that scene of William kind of like jogging as the plane is leaving, you know, and pulling out and, you know, Penny's pulling out and uh, the music to the, I mean, the, the score, the soundtrack is a whole other story, but the score to this movie, I also really like, um, So another like classic rock connection for the longest time, Cameron Crowe was actually married to Nancy Wilson, who was the guitarist for heart as in Barracuda, crazy on you, all those songs. So she did all of those, all those just kind of acoustic guitar instrumentals. That's all her. So like, it's just this really, I love that piece. It's called cabin in the air. You can find it on YouTube and on Spotify, but yeah, it's just really sweet. And it's in terms of like all the, the, uh, coming of age sort of like romance angle of it all it's it's low stakes but it's still really sweet you know and it's it's kind of like this weird subversion of like the guy like running after running across town to go meet Mm -hmm. the girl go break up the wedding or whatever Mm -hmm. Uh, but he's just kind of like hey we had this moment we've had this connection and like i don't really know when i'm gonna see you again but you know again the thing the i will admit yeah patrick if you gets his verbal vocal acting leaves a little to be desired but the, his biggest strength in his performance is his his facial expressions mm-hmm. yeah because he is such this like quiet kid who just sort of takes everything in with the world around him like, as you kind of probably would as a journalist anyway you're like more observant than you are mm-hmm. participating right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it's to see like him kind of jogging and he's got this kind of smile like hey bye bye and then like once once like the plane is out of his like view it kind of lifts again he's like well shoot i have to i still have to go deal with all <laughs> deal with <laughs> writing this article and blah 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 yeah every time i
2: saw um every time i saw william miller on my screen it reminded me of michael Sarah, just kind of like the innocence <laughs> of of his mm-hmm. face or whatever but spe- uh, speaking specifically about that scene i did put on my notes on here tell me why when i was watching that scene i was thinking about that dumb and dumber scene in the (laughs) airport where he's driving away and he's driving parallel he's like goodbye my love and then boom (laughs) he crashes and the airbag hits and uh yeah i was kind of picturing
1: that that's fair that's fair Uh, another thing i was gonna say is that because it's more showing than telling with this performance for me that it's easier to like get on board with him as like as the protagonist, like, because you're more like kind of experiencing everything along with him. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, yeah, that's why I went with that scene.
2: All right. So, Jeremy, um,
0: Avengers Assemble Award favorite scene. What was yours? You know, Michael actually mentioned it um, a while ago. It's actually William's monologue with Penny. I really like mm. that scene a lot just because it, be, it becomes so real. It, mm-hmm. I think that's where I I think about his acting f- fluctuations a little bit but the the writing in that scene is so good and just because he calls <laughs> Penny out for all the stuff that like she's been doing and mm. like I don't know just it became that moment where in it's like in those coming of age movies where the the boy finally becomes a man type of thing and i i felt mm-hmm. like that monologue like was that that point where he was yeah. able to like stand up for himself like actually says what he wants that's true yeah and uh it, it obviously it, it makes her cry at the very end of that scene but you know they're they were still friends even though he kind of like <laughs> called her out for all the the stuff that she's been doing
2: well, I mean, she got sold for fifty dollars in case of Heineken,
0: <laughs> case of beer. Yep.
2: Jeez. Um, for me, I was tempted to take the low hanging fruit. You know, the scene. You know, the obviously the Topeka House.
1: Uh, I oh, will I just thought, mention. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, yeah I,
0: see, I, I was guessing the plane, right? Oh, Wait, I thought you were, were going to go about.
1: I thought you were going f- the 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 one I was. Referencing, I thought like because everyone always just goes like, "Oh, the tiny dancer bus sing along," oh you know? yeah, oh. which is great, obviously, but yeah. it is it's the it's the <laughs> okay. obvious it's the obvious choice. <laughs> I thought, okay, yeah, yeah, that's that that was on my
2: uh, on my list as well. But uh, okay, I'll mention the Topeka House. Uh, just, yeah, that just whole sequence, because, right? On. Yeah, that yeah, whole sequence. Sure. I mean, yeah. I'm a huge fan of Entourage, and they paid om- homage on one episode oh, really? in season three where they just. They actually had some shots, basically, uh, from that particular scene. They had like a what Vince Chase from from Entourage on on the roof of a random house in the valley, and basically, s- similarly to Russell on on the roof. Uh, but I did like the the reason why they went there, uh, just because, you know, this was on the heels of the kind of like the blow up over the shirts, um, and they just. Russell just kind of wanted to kind of get away from everything and kind of, you know, ground himself a little bit. He wanted something real and just going to people. this, um, a random dude's house in Topeka. <laughs> he was able to kind of see some of like, uh, like his roots. Like, it's like Oh, that's the lampshade that I, I fucking had. love
1: this kitchen. Sorry. <laughs> I love this.
2: Yeah. I'm on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on drugs. I mean, obviously later on. Yeah. He's, uh, what was it on um acid, acid, acid. Was it? please it, it was don't acid. give him any more acid rich- <laughs> thank you <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> he's such a dork yeah him. oh my god
2: but yeah, I, I i love that scene i it, it's funny because again i i watched the the homage all, all these years and they kept referring to it, oh he's just having his almost famous moment uh. uh and they did reference the movie i never got around <laughs> to seeing the movie and i finally now get to see the movie in all its glory. So, I'll, okay. So, but then yes, Tiny Dancer was, was another one that I wanted to mention. So it's, it's just a nice little, it's, it's a, it's a good song. It's a really yeah. classic song. So, yeah,
0: the Topeka house would have definitely been my, uh, get help favorite comedic scene for sure. <laughs> yeah.
2: Did you think something bad was going to happen to Russell, uh, Jeremy, since this was your first time, like when, when he was on the roof?
0: Oh yeah, I like thought he, he was maybe himself. gonna miss maybe the pool, break, it, break his arm,
1: <laughs> like get yeah. it, like Russell Brand. Not, not to be confused with Russell Brand. <laughs> get him to the Greek, <laughs> oh man, well, you know what? We've
2: reached the part in our season where we must crown a season five champion for our guest to run tomato score. Um, season five has been a roller coaster. Uh, Jeremy jumped out to this. I thought untouchable lead and uh, I've kind of clawed back just a little bit right now. Our current score, Jeremy's at 32. I'm at 29 and the guests who Michael will be playing for, uh, he'll be playing spoiler. Really? um, I'm going to need him to get at least second place for me to actually take the title. (laughs) Um, The guests currently have 19. And so again, we're Jeremy and I are fans of the, the WWE and pro wrestling in general right now. I do have an outside shot of tying and we have the stipulation where the challenger must win to mm. take the title belt. So a tie still goes to the champ. So, um, almost famous came. It came out in 2000. Uh, Michael, do you have a guess for our guest Ron Tomatoes score competition?
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with 88%. 88%. Ooh. Okay, your moment of
2: truth, Jeremy. What's your mm, guess?
0: Dang. Uh, I, I went a little higher. I did 91%. Oh,
2: okay. I guess Michael is the Russian judge today because I went even higher at 94%. Oof. Okay. All right. 94, 91. 88. Let me check it out right now. uh, Watch,
0: it's gonna be one of these low ones. Like, why? Why I know it it didn't
1: do great financially. Like, I know that it didn't, but I know it was like a critical darling. I'm pretty sure, but... And... With a Tomato meter
2: of a 177 reviews. Oh, I thought you were
1: going say percent. I'm like, you can go over uh, 100%. Nope, nope, I nope, was <laughs> like, wait, what? Are you, got, like, are you on some like paid tier Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> I don't know about? I got so scared. Woo! Okay, go ahead, go ahead.
2: <laughs> All right, so it looks like Michael no. is the closest at... 89% tomato Whoa! meter. 89. <laughs> what? Which means Jeremy gets the one point and clinches <gasps> the season five title <laughs> belt.
1: Woo! Wow, man. <laughs>
2: My two uh, season reign is over. This belt behind me will now be delivered over to Jeremy's place because now the final score. Well, for the guests, they end on a good note. With twenty two, but still in third place, Jeremy gets the one point. He finishes with thirty three wow. points, <laughs> and Ooh. I uh get. I was I was going for it all. <laughs> <laughs> I was going for the win, and obviously, I struck out. Uh, I stuck at twenty nine in, in in silver medal place. So, Jeremy, I will Dang. be delivering the belt. Just let me know whenever <laughs> you are free uh, this off season, and that belt will be shipped over.
0: Oh okay. yeah. I'm not in a dormitory anymore so I can actually Nice. not not be afraid that someone's going to be on the roof with it on. <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: I'm I'm a golden god. god. I'm a golden, I'm a golden god. god. I I'm I'm gold <laughs> <laughs> Or
2: what, what was yeah. the thing I, I dig, dig music. I dig music.
0: <laughs> I'm a drugs <laughs> I'm a drugs.
2: All right. Well, That concludes our season five competition for the guest Rotten Tomato score. Again, reminder for next season, we will wipe the slate clean. This time, as Jeremy, as a champion, and we'll do it all over for season six. All right, you know what? We just concluded our uh, guest Rotten Tomato score competition. Let's get right into our "I Love You 3000" award, our final award for season five, where we will rate almost. Uh, famous on a rating between one to three thousand michael this isn't your first rodeo um no, it is not. you're familiar you're familiar on how this whole work uh whole whole thing works um i mean this was your movie how much mm-hmm. did you like it
1: well i was gonna just give it a full you know max it out but this <sighs> this episode and honestly this is what i this is you know honestly like uh if i do a revival of sorts of two old souls. Like I would love to have either of you on at several points because uh, that's one of the things that we re- that uh, Andrew and I did with that project is really just like having these eye opening conversations about things that we loved and being like, wait, wait a minute, I never thought of it like this before. Mm-hmm. Um, so now with all of the the matters of the heart really complicate this movie in in a way that you don't expect because it is so like laid back for largely. Um, so if only for like the, the character frustrations I now have, <laughs> well, perhaps cause like I saw this movie for the first time at like 14. So I was like pretty much William's age. Right. Mm-hmm. So I probably had a bit more of just like a starry eyed read of the whole thing. But now as an adult, as an adult, I'm like, you know what? No, no, Russell, no, shame on you. Penny, you're a free spirit, you know, more power to you for that, but just, just shoot straight. Okay. So I'm just going to give it a 2,900 out of, out of 3,000. I lo- it lost a hundred points for frustrating interpersonal dynamics. <laughs> um, But otherwise this is without a question, one of my favorite movies of all time. It stays on my like top four on letterboxd. Um, nice. I know it front to back and it's the, my quintessential comfort watch. I want to say like it's, low stakes while still being really emotional and soulful and for me it's the movie equivalent of listening to an album front to back that's no skips you know mm. like just every song yeah. is a good song and I, I have some feelings about the the songs later uh but i can we'll get to that
0: okay okay
2: how about you jeremy
1: um
0: are you, go, are you giving it a full three thousand your first ever <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going that high. I think obviously it's like it was my first time watching our first time watching again. And uh there're definitely things I need to rewatch. I want to see how I feel again, but I generally love coming of age movies and especially when I was in high school. So I I see if I watched this when I was in high school, I probably would really really love this movie, but I think I need to like kind of re rewatch it again. Um and gather those feelings of like high, high school me and watch it again, sit down and watch it. But I'm going to go, I'm going to give it a uh, 24 60 out of 3000. So 82%. I think that's still a really good score. Um, it's not Forrest Gump to me. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I really love Forrest Gump. That's why I'm comparing it to. Despite Jenny. That's <laughs> what I was going to say. The Jenny yeah. parallel. I
1: can't, that, that's messing with me, dude. I can't unsee I that. know. Yeah, I know. I didn't really think about it. Now I'm, I, I'm on my next rewatch for almost She could have, like, the Quaalude sequence, she could have been standing on the edge of the balcony oh, in the hotel listening yeah, to Freebird. Right. Yeah, with <laughs>
2: Skinner playing in the background. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, for for me, uh, I'm right in the middle. Actually, um, I think this is probably where I thought it would be. Uh, for my I Love You 3000 award, I'm giving it a 27.66. It's a rare 90 plus uh, percent movie for me. It's 92.2. Nice. Um, I enjoyed this movie from start to finish. Um, I it's sad now that I rate movies um, whether I like them or not, whether or not I stay awake through it. And this one, I was completely wide awake yeah. <laughs> at the end of this movie. I, I feel it. <laughs> so, um, I think I'll, I'll start to base my ratings off of uh, sleepiness from now on. <laughs>
1: that's a good metric, honestly. Yeah, yeah that's probably if, how my—that's how my mother rates
0: movies. I'm sure whether she knows it or not. <laughs> oh, yeah, if man. you can get through it in one sitting, it's definitely high on the list. I know.
2: Uh, considering I, I started it later than I originally wanted to, I started it at uh, like eight. So Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I don't know. This is kind of going to end at around 10. That's past my bedtime. (laughs) Yes, I'm getting at that age, folks. Oh, man. Well, (laughs) I know that um, this is, we we basically um, featured this episode as our season five finale. But Jeremy, we do have one more episode for next week, don't we?
0: We do. And, um, you know, like you said, this is the end of season five. Uh, Another season in the books for the Weekly Reel, but next week we actually have a special episode recapping the season, where we talk about favorite movies, favorite Weekly Reel episodes, and more. So, with our season-ending RKO Awards. Yes.
2: (laughs) Oh, man, I can't wait. This is actually uh, one where we could kind of change up the format a little bit, kind of reminisce on some of the... uh, the, the moments uh, from season five and I'm uh, definitely looking forward to it. Uh, uh, it's always just fun to kind of have uh, these type of episodes at the end of each season. And so uh, before we get there though, um, last thoughts, actually final thoughts mm-hmm. on almost famous guys, I'm going to the sure. floor
1: open to you guys. Um, sure. Anything that we missed. <laughs> it was a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I wanted to just quickly shout out the, again, we mentioned just like, how many people are actually in this movie like yeah this was like kate Hudson's mm-hmm. breakout i think well what's great i think uh can i think you and patrick fugit are actually like the same uh the same age roughly almost yeah and then there's Dang. actually another connection there because he's uh he's in the last of us too jeremy uh, you might want to look that up oh. he, pretty pivotal role um yeah i won't say anything for for spoilers sake for whenever well, for, we eventually for future get future episodes <laughs> future episodes of uh, the last of us season two okay. probably but um, but yeah, he's in there, so feel free to check that out. But yeah, I think, um, the little, like, oh my god, like, there they are of this, of these movies. We got little baby Jay Bear Shell.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, was I was like, like what? Dude, uh, when, when
1: changed. really, like, that dude, he's like 17, but he was very clearly a late bloomer. Yes. He looks like he looks like younger he was than William. He looks younger than William, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, he did. Like, he did. David Bowie, David Bowie touched his spin or whatever it was, like, Jimmy Page touched his pen. Like, so cute. Um, Eric stone street from modern family is like the front desk guy at the hotel. Uncle, I always mix up who's who. uncle cam from modern family. If anyone for those folks and then rain Wilson, yes, <laughs> one of the, I was the like, real, what the heck, which is cool. Yeah. Like, and I saw him, um, uh, my wife was like watching charmed during lockdown two years ago. And like, he popped up in an early episode of charmed. And <laughs> you, if you go back and look at whatever he did, uh, before Dwight, before getting the office, like he's just always been this weird guy. <laughs> and I just mm-hmm. appreciate like his, his commitment to his bit. And he's kind of wearing like Dwight adjacent glasses, but he's got the, the little cigarette stick Cruella DeVille thing going on. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I enjoyed that. Um But yeah, I wanted to just two more things. Um, the thing that really got to me on this watch was that, <clears throat> and I was like, again, for as many times as I've seen this movie, it just clicked this time. Um, You know, with Lester's whole ethos being, like, beware the industry of cool, like, Mm. I'm always told I'm uncool, or the only, you know, my favorite quote is, like, the only true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone when you're uncool. And that's something Mm. that I really, 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 really resonate with, like, and, you know, why, like, I love the character of William so much. Because, like, ultimately, like, he finds that, you know, he comes up again. He's he's with all these characters who are putting up some kind of front, whether it's mm-hmm. Jeff, Russell, Penny, or what, mm-hmm. or anything like that, right? And they're all just... It's all just that image, that posturing and whatnot. And he doesn't really, truly start to get what he wants as a character until he just drops drops the pretenses and just starts, like, taking people to task, you know, or just on that plane ride, you know yeah that and then like even yeah he has kind of like he's hitting all the bases in his in his uh with his relationship so there's the conversation with penny there's the tirade in the plane ride and my but my favorite instance is like him just like pushing his mom into his sister with his suitcase. oh like, yeah, yeah fuck, <laughs> just just hug it out already yeah, yeah. <laughs> i like, like that that was very yeah. sneaky with, with the that luggage. felt to me yeah like his his self-actualization as a character Mm-hmm. finally comes through that when he's just like, like I'm just going to be again like honest and unmerciful like honestly like Lester lays it all out like he really does lay it all out and it takes a while for William to get there but you know when he does it's like everything comes together for him ultimately at the end and then of course the soundtrack is an absolute like 50 <laughs> song banger like i read on imdb like the typical movie's music budget's 1.5 million the budget for this movie was three, three and a half million dollars (laughs) (laughs) to clear, (laughs) to clear all these songs, like four Led Zeppelin songs. They're notoriously very stingy, uh, Mm -hmm. with letting people use their songs for movies. But yeah, I love it. Like the rain song all that stuff. And just (sighs) Mm -hmm. everything I will, I will often just look like find a playlist that has every single song from this movie on Spotify and just go like front to back. And it's like, it's like just another way of watching the movie for me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah,
2: especially while you're working yeah. on stuff that we yeah just kind of have it on in the background.
1: Yeah, and I uh, I will probably watch the uh, again I told you before probably I own the theatrical cut on DVD and I own like the three hour director's cut on Blu-ray. So oh. this made me want to like just throw on the director's cut <laughs> and just <laughs> nice. Uh, Jeremy, just, uh, was there anything just else? I live in this. Good.
0: What's up, Ken?
2: Oh, Jeremy, was there anything else that we missed?
0: Oh, um, you know, I'm going to bring up my, <laughs> not really my question, but, uh, kind of related to my double feature question that I was, I was thinking of asking, um, was it just me or at the very beginning when Anita says, Oh, I left something under your bed that will change your life. Oh, <laughs> I no. didn't know it was going to be record. <laughs> <laughs> you, know what? you know what I mean? How much of that '70s show you've been watching, Jeremy? <laughs> yeah, it's like apparently too much as a kid. But um I'm just saying, if 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 it was what I thought it was gonna be, it this movie probably would have turned into like Boogie Nights.
1: Boogie Nights or like <laughs> dazed and confused, or something. Yeah. Uh, or that, something like that. Yeah. Oh, I ac- I actually was at this like record store in the in Redwood City. I think it's like right on El Camino Real and uh just looking through all their stuff. And they actually had that exact album that uh oh. Tommy by the who, and they had these like old ass turntables. You could like demo stuff. So I was like, I've always wanted to do this. And I like queued it up to the exact, that exact piece. It was, did you light a candle really too? Cool. <laughs> I wish, no, I wish uh, the place, it was a very old building. The whole place probably would have gone, gone up if up? I yeah. did that. <laughs>
2: oh man.
1: well, um, I think,
2: yeah, pretty much you guys brought up uh, everything that I would have. I think I just had a bunch of cameos that I wanted to bring up. Uh, and you did that already, Michael. And so, yeah, I mean, we're pretty much wrapping up this episode. Was there anything that you wanted to plug uh, f- for for anything, Michael, like podcasts, any projects? Sure.
1: Um, Again, yeah, so I still have a few episodes that I still need to put out on Two Old Souls, uh that my first podcast. Uh still so have a few remaining episodes with my uh with my dear friend Andrew who passed away uh to put out and release there. So feel free to check that out. Uh again, I have the entirety of season one of Hey Arnold covered on podcast one eighteen nice. with my co-host Sean. And hopefully we'll be getting to that sometime in the next couple months to get back into that. Um, and then Lord willing, next time I'm here if and when I'll have another project I've been kind of sitting on marinating on and hopefully I'll have something to share with y'all by the time that comes in. All right. We'll so comes around. So thank it. you for sure. Uh, Jeremy, anything to plug for the off season?
0: Well, I guess this is my last chance. I'm going to promote <laughs> my short film, the end of yesterday, which is on YouTube. Uh, like we were talking offline about being like creative and all that stuff. I just remember writing this and Really feeling passionate about it and not really caring if anyone saw it or anything like that. I just like, I was like, I want to tell this story. Um, and if someone sees it, good, but I just wanted to get it done. And now it is out there. So the end of yesterday is on YouTube right now.
2: Yes, and again, we'll put all those links, uh, for. Uh, both of michael's podcasts as well as uh the end of yesterday on there like we have been all season right jeremy mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, e- each episode in season five there is a clickable link on there so definitely check that out uh for me um still cooking up some stuff uh just follow me on instagram and uh and tiktok at free Ken a as soon as uh you know, like, kind of want to get some writing done. As soon as like some stuff is ready to go, I'll I'll definitely just plug some of that stuff on there. So just follow me there, and check for updates on on the socials. And so, um, I know we have come, uh, man, we've come to an end to another season, Jeremy. I can't believe we mm-hmm. are wrapping up season five.
0: Um, did you have a favorite moment from season five that you wanted to highlight? Yeah, kind of like teasing our RKO Awards a little bit, but yeah. um, I would probably say in the Avatar episode with Joe Ash. I had a fun time with Joe Ash in that episode, but specifically when we talked about Spider. is <laughs> my favorite.
2: Yes, that was good. We def- we'll definitely expand on that next week on our uh, RKO Awards, uh, b- basically a rap show for Season 5. Uh, for me, I definitely wanted to highlight uh, just playing guest referee Uh, during our Anastasia episode with uh, both Jeremy (laughs) and Andrea. Uh, I mean, we featured it on both of uh, the reels that we did create, um, so check that out on Instagram right now. Uh, But in those videos and those clips, I'm just literally cracking up, and I'm just like – Really, all I was missing was popcorn because I was just like,
1: "Wow, <laughs> that, that was... was that was that was honestly an all timer I was beside myself <laughs> listening to that go down. <laughs> it
2: caught me off guard both times because I was just like, yeah. "Whoa, what
1: is that?" Going was on that now? was that that movie that episode was full of hot takes, yeah. like, and <laughs> you guys were not playing around, and everyone stuck to their guns. I yeah. I, I really Ooh. respected it. <laughs> yeah,
2: I did too. Oh man, that was fun. I I think I'll just have like just a. Backup popcorn bag just around here, just in case I need it. Just for when, uh, especially when, whenever we do have a guest, right, Jeremy? <laughs>
0: no, of course, yeah. For some, maybe maybe next season you'll be the one uh, arguing with the guest. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll Not see. arguing, debating. Uh, right? Arguing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man.
2: Well, I mean, we we still have a guest for this particular episode. And Michael, I mean, as it happens... Both of your appearances; these these movies have each been your suggestions. I think I, I mentioned it at the top of this episode. Uh, episode, and we're talking about everything, everywhere, all at once. And again, this episode with Almost Famous. And so, as we wrap up season five and look forward to season six, is there a movie that you have in mind that you would like to see covered here on the Weekly right. Real
1: Podcast? Sure. Well, I will say if I am granted the privilege slash honor of coming back, I would, I'd be equally as jazzed if it is more just me being tasked with one of watching one of your guys' movies. Uh, but yeah, Mm. this was kind of just been on my brain because in terms of TV, like I guess adaptations or continuations, it's one of my favorite things on the planet. Um, with Cobra Kai's final season being officially announced, um, I'd love to hear, because I'm sure there's plenty of hot takes as well. Uh, potential. Um, I'd love to. Uh, I'd I would love to come on here and talk talk some Karate Kid. Oh, if at all possible.
0: Oh, <laughs> Karate Kid.
1: Oh my goodness, I
2: wouldn't mind talking about Karate Kid. Just because. Okay, for me, I remember when I forget it was like one of our earlier seasons maybe season one or two. I I think when we had our old ritual, I did rewatch Karate Kid. That was like the most recent time I watched the first Karate Kid. In all honesty, I haven't seen um, the sequels in, in quite some time. And that mm. also includes all the, uh, what was it? The Hillary Swank the, version Hillary Swank. that also... Jaden Smith. Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I did remember watching those way back when, but yeah, I have, it's been a while. Um, I feel like, uh, I mean story isn't like it de- It doesn't deviate from the thing no. other than i guess the 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 de- uh, daniel son um trilogy what what do they call that now <laughs> the daniel trilogy <laughs> uh, but yeah i mean we could we could definitely see if we can fit that in right jeremy
0: yeah i mean i haven't seen karate kid since like high school so it's been a long time mm-hmm. so yeah
2: yeah, well, we'll definitely look forward to doing that obviously when jeremy and i uh come up with our season six uh slate um we try to keep our guests in mind so uh as soon as we figure that out we'll definitely bring you back for season six right on you can <laughs> Thanks, on guys. at least at <laughs> least one appearance if not multiple ones we'll oh, see shucks <laughs> okay thank you yeah, yeah, for this sure. is
1: so, so much fun again thank you both for having me it's it's weird that it's been, has it, it's been what like seven months or something like mm-hmm, that. Somewhere. perhaps a little bit more. Um, it does not feel like that long, but I definitely appreciate coming back on. This was a, I had a really great time. Hey, we we have to save the best for last, right? <laughs>
0: we don't play favorites, but we do. Um, <laughs> yeah, thank you for coming back on the show. Is I love all your analysis of, like, these movies, especially this movie, just because it's such a... You know, I love analyzing coming-of-age movies, how you kind of relate it to your own life and, like, creative endeavors. I think it's, it becomes a little bit more personal
1: than yeah, the stuff yeah, that's... Yeah, absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm, compared to, I like, feel... everything every, everywhere, all at <laughs> there's, once. There's right? an it's
1: emotional crazy. intimacy to yeah. that, too, but I think I was still so, like... I was still in shock as to the movie's existence at the time. Like Mm. it's a lot more, I could say different things about it now, but yeah, for sure. Like to come back to something like this again, like I've been like sitting with this movie for a little, for, I don't know, like maybe, yeah, probably like 18 ish years now, something like that. Mm. Yeah. Like Oh five was probably the first time I saw it. Um, yeah. to just, come to it from this angle and have an opportunity. I've never talked about the movie at length like this before. So I really enjoyed that opportunity. So thank you both.
2: Yeah. You know what? I feel like we could have even dissected it even further. There was a lot of scenes that we could have, that we didn't even really, touch upon that could it could have been a three-hour pod let's
1: just you know, so this, so this we're watching so so we're gonna watch the we're all gonna watch the three-hour director's, director's cut
2: and yeah. do it Maybe all again we'll <laughs> our own director's commentary even though we're yeah. not directors <laughs> oh, Damn. Shoot. well um man jeremy we're come to a close of season five i can't believe
0: season five went by so quickly i know now we're entering into the like not so good seasons of Smallville <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or the or, really uh, the good walk, or, the, or the really Walking or, Dead
1: or, or the really good seasons of Friends. That's, uh, that's yeah. My, oh, yeah, season five yeah, and yeah. season five and six was the pinnacle for me. <laughs> yeah, those
2: mid season, uh, the middle seasons were really good for sure. <laughs> All right, well, I mean, for Jeremy and I, it, again, just stay tuned. Uh, just check out our social media accounts, both on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, during our off season for news any updates that we might have obviously we'll go ahead and announce when season six actually starts um we actually don't know what that movie is just yet but uh, as soon as we figure that out we'll definitely pass along that information uh but until then but check out our tiktok we promise to keep this uh our i guess our our gateway uh our way of communicating to you guys during our off season that way you could see what both jeremy and i are watching we'll give give some reviews on movies and tv shows that we are currently watching i know we're both watching or actually we're all watching the last of us right now Mm -hmm. um we're two episodes in and we're all of us are loving both episodes so far even from a non-video game player like myself so definitely check out Um, our TikTok at Weekly Real Pod during this off-season for continued content during our off-season. And so, um, Jeremy, we finally made it. Season five is done. It all happened. happened. Yes, it It is. Yes.
0: And Michael was here.
2: Yes, Michael was here. Hey, save the best for last. (laughs)
0: Stop.
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs)
2: But yes, audience, thank you again for supporting the Weekly Reel podcast now for five full seasons. And we'll see you next season on The Reel.